Hey, good morning. Welcome to Stats and Cone. That's Stats. I'm Cone. Normally on Tuesday morning is the Cone Zone, but my dad's taking the week off. So Rob hit me up in the morning. I was like, hey, you want to do it today? He was like, hey, yeah. And that was the conversation. So Rob, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Grant. How are you? I'm doing good. I, it's nice to be driving the show because I'm so professional. I'm so good at it. You know, I have that. <laughs> I'm so prepared. All right, so we're talking about uh, quarterback rumors. Um, Mac Jones is on the trade block, and this really warms my heart because I don't like him. And I don't know why, but I've never liked – I think it's his face. Maybe it's his name, McCorkle. I don't know what it is. Do I, I feel like he brings out the bully in me, but he's on the trade block. Do you think the Niners are interested? I mean, how could they not be, right? They love him. Wouldn't that be the irony of all ironies? <laughs> that Trey Lance for Mac Jones, they just swap, you know, quarterbacks from 2021. And, you know, everyone can, we can finally see so what funny. Kyle Shanahan would have done with Mac Jones. No, don't do that. I really don't like, I prefer Sam Darnold to Mac Jones. Is that no. a controversial thing to say? I actually prefer the, Mac Jones. He doesn't move well, he's accurate, but it's his personality, man. He is. Such an obvious whiner. I mean, you can see it all over his body language. And the, the reports that he couldn't take criticism is like, oh, yeah, I can see that. I, I, I can definitely see that. Now, I know it didn't come out in college, but it's different when you're an amateur than when you have gotten your guaranteed contract with your signing bonus. But the idea that he would tell that that he would like not embrace Bill Belichick, like, whoa. Even Jimmy Garoppolo convinced Bill Belichick that he was like a hard worker and like a, <laughs> a, a tough, non-sensitive person. So I, I, would, I wouldn't touch Mac Jones. Well, think about this, though. You know, the Niners were supposedly debating between Trey and Mac back in 2021. Let's give the Niners a little credit for maybe steering clear of it. I mean, if anybody has a reason to complain at their team, by now it's Trey Lance, and he hasn't Correct. said a keep. And, you know, the Niners always talk about how he's made of the right stuff. I give Kyle and John and Adam Peters and all those guys a little credit. Maybe they recognize something in this with Mac Jones. We know how Kyle treats quarterbacks. Maybe they said, you know what? That ain't going to work. Absolutely. I, I'd, be, I'd love to know if Kyle sat down with these quarterbacks and gave them like a little bit of a like a shit test. You know what I mean? Like a little <laughs> bit of a preview of how he does work. Like, I wonder if he sat down with all of them and said, you know, how are you going to feel when I tell the team how much you suck? In, in so many words, because that's what he does. Right. He, he undresses you essentially in front of the whole team. What the hell was it? And he's going to harp on your bad plays. He's not going to pump you up. So I can see Trey Lance being like, make no problem, coach. I can handle it. You know, that's his personality. Same with Brock Purdy. Mac, from what we understand, I don't he might take that per he might take that personally. So I would take it personally. So I don't know. Well, to be fair to Mac, I mean, they had a ridiculous plan for the offense last year. Let's have Joe Judge and Matt Patricia True. call plays, two guys that have never done it before ever. But that said, you still can't do some of the things that Mac Jones did. So, yeah, just not a good look for New England. And, you know, like say what you want about Trey Lance, but he's never caused any problems inside the building. Also, he's like a borderline dirty player on the field. He's had like Mac three is. or four. Yeah, he like clipped a guy in the testicles and he he's grabbed, he yanked at someone's leg. Like, I don't like him. He's like Grayson Allen. You know what I mean? Great. He's just a little bit of a punk. I don't like him. He's done some sketchy Hard things. Hard to root for. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. This I'm not he's a bad guy, but he's easy, to, he's easy to root against. This 2021 quarterback class is suddenly shaping up to be not exactly what we thought it was going to be a few years ago. I think it's interesting. I feel like people were looking at that class through like beer goggles because 
everyone needs a quarterback, but also it was the pandemic and there was very little actual evidence and like scouting that went into these guys because there was no combine. And so I think people just saw what they wanted to see. And it's interesting that two of the guys who are failing, Mac Jones and Zach Wilson, are failing because of their personality. Like they are just not mature enough or cut out to actually lead an NFL team. And I think that's interesting. I don't know if if teams really put enough emphasis on that uh, aspect because Brock, that's another area where Brock Purdy kind of knocked it out of the park, taking over an NFL team at 22. He had that, he acted like he was 30. He told someone to shut up. Like that was all great stuff. I loved how he actually told George Kittle, like, like he talks too much on national title. I wish Trey Lance would say something like that. I really would love him to do that. Yeah, the fact that, too, I think that Brock just recognized that the team needed that, right? Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo had just gone down. The, this Super Bowl-ready team that we all talk about, that can't sacrifice wins because they're win now, win now, win now. Their yeah. season was going down the toilet. Players could see it circling the drain. And the fact that Brock recognized, like, hey, I can't just come in and try to, you know, steer the ship and be quiet. Like, no, I got to tell these guys that we're going, that our goals are still here, that I'm driving the bus and we're going to the damn Super Bowl. And then he did it and he won early on immediately. And I think that's part of the reason why he's so beloved in the locker room now, because they're like, he wasn't the quiet guy. He recognized Mm -hmm. it and then he did it. I think it's a good thing the Niners didn't draft Mac Jones. People will say, hey, well, it didn't work out with Trey Lance. Trey Lance didn't fail. Trey Lance just wasn't given an opportunity year one, got injured year two, and then Brock Purdy uh, emerged, and the Niners seem like they're smitten. Um, Mac Jones is failing. Now, you could blame it on Joe Judge or, or Matt Patricia, but it's freaking Bill Belichick over there, and he's putting him on the, he's putting Mac Jones on the trade block. What an indictment. What a freaking indictment. So I think it's a good thing the Niners didn't draft Mac Jones. I don't think he would have mixed with Kyle Shanahan at all. I think he would have probably gotten injured like he did in New England, like everyone does here. I think they dodged a bullet not necessarily that they made a better i mean it's not like it worked out with trey but that would have been a bullet they would have taken so they dodged it yeah if you went with the unathletic guy who's also a pain in the ass that's not a good combo <laughs> it's not what you want yeah <laughs> somehow bill belichick got that i don't understand what he was thinking antonio thank you for becoming a, a member i appreciate it uh so mac jones on the trade block but frankly Trey Lance probably is too, because when I asked John Lynch if he would consider trading Trey, he says we're fine with Trey on the team for now, which is not what you want to hear if you're a fan of Trey Lance, or maybe it's exactly what you want to hear if you're a fan of Trey Lance. If you and you want him to like free get free like uh, Shawshank Redemption or something. Which team do you think would be most likely to call up Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch on the low and be like, "Hey, we got an offer." The first thing that jumped to my mind has got to be the Tennessee Titans, right? Rand Carthon's their new general manager. He was in the 49ers front office when they drafted Trey Lance. They need a quarterback. They don't really have any future there right now. I know Malik Willis is there, but they don't really seem enamored with him. And I that was the first thought that popped into my head. I mean, somebody within the 49ers had to like Trey Lance, you would think. And obviously, Rand would have more information on him than some of the other GMs around the league since he was in the building. I could see Tennessee saying, hey, you know, we'll we'll even throw in Malik Willis for a deal here. Let's see if we can get something done. I'm sure Kyle would love Malik Willis, right? (laughs) I couldn't make it work with Trey Lance. So let me get let me try Malik Willis. Titans are obvious. I think we're going to go back and forth uh, with teams that have connections to the Niners. I was going to say Washington. I mean, with their quarterbacks who Jacoby Brissett, they want to run the ball. Uh, They're not really in a position to take any of the top four quarterbacks. And maybe Trey Lance is a better fit for them than Hendon Hooker. I don't know. That's a team. 
That's against Hendon interesting. Hooker. I like Hendon Hooker. Would Kyle Shanahan potentially trade a franchise quarterback to Daniel Snyder, his favorites over there in See, Washington? I know that's Snyder the might, thing. Might be good. I don't know about that. And I don't know if Kyle would trade a potential franchise quarterback that, again, didn't fail under Kyle, that Kyle just gave up on prematurely. Was he going to send him to any of his former underlings or uh, co-workers because they have an opportunity to show him up? I mean, do you really want to do that? Because right now he's, he's essentially trying to do that to Robert Sala. You didn't give Sam Darnold a chance. You you threw him out for freaking Zach Wilson, who I might have liked to. I don't know. But now I got Sam Darnold, and I'm going to show you how how it's done. I don't know. I wonder if he's afraid to let someone do that to him. That You know, I don't totally dismiss that. I don't totally dismiss the whole, like, hey, the optics of the whole situation. Optics are big. Yeah, Coaches like, look at optics. I think they look at everything. All these coaches that sit here and say, I don't hear this. I don't know this bull. They all have burner accounts on Twitter. I'm willing to bet or somebody that's following along on Twitter and telling them what's up and what people are saying. And the coaches I, that I, last have a good, do a good job of controlling the optics. Sorry to cut you off, but I, I feel like Kyle and his dad have been doing this since the nineties. I mean, they're connected. Yeah. Optics definitely matter. Yeah. They're and, affiliated. Yeah. And I think, I mean, teams talk about, who they're willing to trade players to all the time. I mean, that's yeah. part of the reason why that's Kirk right. Cousins wasn't traded to the 49ers earlier because Daniel Snyder didn't want that. He didn't want to help exactly. Kyle Shanahan get a Succeed. franchise quarterback. Right. Absolutely. He wants Kyle to fail, and Kyle <laughs> wants Daniel Snyder to fail. So that's right. I, I don't know about Washington. Another one I was thinking is uh, Houston. I mean, that's perfect for, for uh, Trey, right? Like a team that's a blank slate, D'Amico Ryans. You know him. You know Bobby Slowick. Um, you can play as much as you want. There's no expectations there. But again, would Kyle do that? I don't know. I don't know. That He should be more willing to do that because any AFC. draft pick compensation you're going to get back is going to be good. It's the AFC. And let's be honest, there's not much around Lance there right now. So he probably would have a tough time, at least early on. That would save the optics in favor of the 49ers, especially if the picks they use turned into something. See, this is why I'm skeptical of Kyle Shanahan trading Trey Lance. I mean, yeah, you could make an argument that it's the right thing to do if Brock's your guy and whatever. And maybe, you know, now is the most you could get for Trey Lance is his, the more he sits, the more his value goes down. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't see it because it's like if you trade him, you get a third round pick maybe, but the risk is you look like a freaking fool if he succeeds somewhere else. What's the risk reward there? I mean, do you really want to take that risk? Because he didn't, again, he didn't fail under you. You just didn't give him a chance and you like Brock now. But if you send him to Houston and he does well, is that something you're willing, is that a risk you're willing to take? I, I wouldn't want to take that risk. I wouldn't want to take that risk. Especially when you don't know what the hell Brock's going to look like coming back. And you honestly don't know how Sam Darnold's going to perform. So it's like, there's so much. You honestly that you... don't know about Trey. <laughs> you honestly yeah. don't. You might think, I mean, you I, do, but you honestly, I think don't. we, we do know how Sam Darnold's going to perform. Apparently we're the only like, Kyle Shanahan's the only one that doesn't know how Sam Darnold is going to perform, but there, there's so much unknown there. I don't think Trey is going to get traded. I know Larry Kruger seems to be like hard on the Trey Lance is getting moved thing. I don't think he's going to get moved. Uh, I think that they're going to let him play it out and see what happens. I don't know. Like, it's going to be weird because they're going to say, well, you need to make a really big leap. And then if he automatically doesn't somehow magically get better without playing and coming off a major injury, they're going to use that as their justification to say, like, see, look, it just didn't work out. We're, we're yeah. right sticking with Brock. 
Yeah, and they're saying like he they just don't believe in Trey. You know, they've made their evaluation. He's probably QB three in the depth chart, and they don't even want to say it. Okay, like they can say all that stuff internally, but that's different from actually pulling the trigger for a third round pick and saying, you know what, we're betting against Trey in his future and wherever he goes. Like, okay, you better be right because you've made some bets at quarterback and been wrong a lot. You bet on C.J. Beathard, you know, like you bet big on Jimmy. You better be right here because Brock. He had a nice two months, got hurt a couple of times. The second injury was catastrophic. You better be right. And so that's why I'm a little thinking that while they might flirt with trades, they might answer some calls, ultimately they might just get scared of of the unknown here, of what could blow up in their faces. The other thing with Brock that I feel like no one's really talking about is, like you said, this is a catastrophic injury. Eric Branch called it career-saving surgery. Mm-hmm. Are we sure that Brock's going to be number one willing to use that mobility in the pocket? Like, this is a scary thing. His NFL mortality yeah. is staring him in the face. And one of his Correct. biggest skills last year was evading the rushers, standing in there, evading the guy at the last second, making a play. Extending the play. Extending right. the play. Yeah. Well, now, at least early on, when he drops back to pass, he's got to be thinking like, oh, my God. Get rid of it. I can't have people near me. My elbow. Is it going to hold up like that? That's what happened to Jimmy. Jimmy Ben Roethlisberger talked about when he came back from his arm injury. He was very hesitant to let it rip Mm -hmm. because like rehabs don't just happen. It is a long, grueling process that takes months and weeks. You got to put in all that time. There's a mental side of this that we don't know if Brock's going to be able to overcome. And that's not a knock on him. That would be anybody. Absolutely. I mean, I remember watching old Ben Roethlisberger. Whenever he threw, I could feel the pain through the television. I mean, like you could see it. He was babying it. He was like, you could see it. I mean, also, if you ever played baseball growing up, you ever hurt your arm, you know the difference. Someone who really lets it rip, literally whips their arm and someone who's holding something back. You can feel it. And you can see it with with, with Ben at the end. I hope we don't see that with uh, Brock Purdy. And that's another reason for them to be as cautious as, and slow with his rehab as possible. Because if they end up there with Brock, he's useless to them. Yeah, that, that's a part of this that we don't know how he's going to react to. And we don't even know if the arm is going to be the same. Even if he is willing to let it rip, we have no idea. Yeah, um, there's a lot of examples of quarterbacks who really fell off after elbow injuries. So um, I, I, you could argue that, like, hey, if you don't trade Trey Lance on the draft tonight, on draft night, his value goes down multiple rounds. That Any team that would be in the market all of a sudden isn't in the market. And you're flirting with another season of him on the bench and maybe you only get a fifth for him in the future yeah okay but at least you at least give yourself a chance to find out what trey lance is because he might have to be your week one starter brock might not be there sam Darnold might suck like we all think he does and trey lance might be the guy that needs to start week one so i don't know i think i don't think they have the guts to trade him that's the thing with with i feel like larry kruger has read the tea leaves well I think they might want to trade him, but I don't think they have the guts to do it, man. That'd be that would be pretty gutsy. Pretty and like, gutsy. if you're another team calling the 49ers, like, doesn't the fact that they're willing to trade him kind of scare you off a little? Like, why is this team getting rid of this guy that they've barely seen? What has he done that is so exactly. horrible exactly. that they're willing so you, to do it? If you're calling up Kyle, you're, you're basically betting against Kyle. You're saying Kyle's incompetent. He doesn't know what he's doing. And maybe you're right, but... How many people in the NFL really are that bold? I mean, JTO Sullivan, he's not in the NFL, though. How many <laughs> people really bet be. against Kyle? 
And that's the other thing with Mac. Like once Bill Belichick puts Mac Jones on the trade block because, you know, it's not working out. How many people are going to bet against Bill Belichick? With Jimmy, the, the perception was, oh, man, they, no one thought Tom Brady would play into his 40s. And it's just a weird situation. Mac Jones is failing. Who's going to say, oh, Bill Belichick doesn't know his ass from his freaking elbow? I'll call him up. I don't know. And the weird know. thing there, too, is like they just hired Bill O'Brien, who they, they yeah. know what they're getting in Bill O'Brien. He used to work there. And they're not even willing to stick it out with Mac that they still want to get rid of him when they've seemingly fixed the sort of play calling issues that they have had. That's a weird. That's weird. Maybe situation. Mac wants out. Could be. We don't know about Mac. Mac seems like he's got his own thing going on. I don't know. I would love to know what Mac Jones is really like. But let's talk about Brock Purdy for a minute. Uh, I thought the owners' meetings were so interesting because John spoke first, and his he just he was Kyle wasn't there, and he spoke freely, and he was just going on about Brock Purdy being leader in the clubhouse and Trey Lance being here for now, and and. Really, Brock Purdy having proven himself after eight starts because of how he plays the position. And the next day, Kyle didn't say any of that stuff. He essentially said, yeah, Brock, I I would feel that way if Brock hadn't gotten injured, but he did get injured. And now that's on hold because we don't really know when and where, when and what that's going to be like. So let's talk about Sam Darnold for 20 minutes. I mean, it was amazing (laughs) to me. So my question is, do you think Kyle Shanahan is as smitten with Brock Purdy as John Lynch is? Or do you think Kyle Shanahan feels about Brock, the way he felt about Jimmy. Like, yeah, you know, good story, but it's me. I'm the guy, and I can do it with another guy too. (laughs) Kyle is a quarterback polygamist, okay? He is not into monogamy at the quarterback position. He's very much like John Gruden. He's always got wandering eyes. He's always looking for an upgrade. What did Chris Rock say? Like, every man is only as loyal as his options. As his options. Kyle has too many options. He, I think he just, he's on Tinder and he's just, he's got so many people <laughs> trying to hit him up. I I've do think, I think, I mean, if you're a 49ers quarterback, how secure can you be? Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> took a team to the Super Bowl and there were rumors that the 49ers were looking to replace him. And I agreed True. with that, by the way, but they're from Jimmy's perspective, I could see why he would be upset about that. Then you say, okay, it's going to be Trey Lance, right? You're going to be the guy. We traded up to get you. You're the guy. Less than two weeks before the season starts, we're bringing back the incumbent that everybody loves. There's undermining you. Then you get hurt. Brock Purdy comes in. Brock, guess what? You're the man. Awesome. We love you. Then Brock Purdy gets hurt. Now, what did Kyle say at the owners' meetings? Well, Trey has a chance to regain the starting job. Like, And Sam Darnold is as talented as any quarterback he's ever seen. Right. There is no security if you're a 49ers quarterback right now. Which means, hey, Brock, hurry the hell up if you want to play for this team ever again. No pressure, though. Yeah. Right. That's the other side of this. If you're Brock yeah. Purdy, you're like, I can't have Trey Lance or Sam Darnold taking all these reps away from me and training him. Who cares if my arm is a little sore after I throw? I got to get back there. Just let me get back there and I, I can paid control yet. it. And yep. I haven't gotten paid yet, too. But like, I can yep. contain the situation if I'm there. If I'm rehabbing, mm-hmm. I'm out of the picture, out of sight, out of mind. Trey starts week one. It's out of, it's out of Brock's hands at that point. It's, yeah. That's a dice. Because Christian situation. McCaffrey can make Trey Lance look good, too. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm just help. saying. And yeah. God help this team if Christian McCaffrey gets hurt. Oh, be careful, boy. Kyle. Are we sure careful, that Brock Kyle. He was Purdy's- flirting with that last year. He, he 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 uses Christian McCaffrey with no conscience. And now he's got 21 games of that. I'm a little nervous for Christian. Well, I mean, but the truth is just the truth. Before Christian McCaffrey got there, they were scoring like 19 points a game. We don't know what Brock Purdy would look like without Christian McCaffrey. Correct. And we saw Christian lift not only Brock Purdy, but also Jimmy Garoppolo. 
the offense improved under Jimmy once Christian got there too. So clearly he's a huge factor for the success of the offense. Christian, it seems like makes the quarterback's job easier. Not for what he does as a running back. He's a fine running back. But just to have that check down option, it's like a cheat code. Anytime nothing's available, I just dump it down to him and get seven or eight, nine yards. It's like, that's not fair. Especially He's really on, good. On third down, if you motion yeah. him out of the backfield and there's a linebacker on him, People like, forget it. Yeah, f- yeah, forget it. And that's what, I, like, not to get too off topic here, but people are talking there's always that one running back every year like should he go in round one and this year it's Bijan robinson i'm like Mm -hmm. no like yeah he's a hell of a running back but like he's not a receiver like mccaffrey and that is the skill set i think you're looking for if you're justifying taking a running back in round one because like you can be the freaking man on uh first and second down but what do you do on third down am i taking you off the field if so you're a second round pick at best anyway but Bijan's good He's good. Everybody else you would draft in the first round is a three-down player, right? So have why would you? Yeah. Have to be. Um, clickbait, pathetic. You didn't even pay for me to say that. I don't know why I put that on there, but <laughs> you know how I do. William Bonnet says, which is the best landing spot for Trey Lance if traded? Uh, New England, Tennessee, Indianapolis, NFC, Atlanta, Washington, Detroit. I think Detroit would be fire with a quarterback like Trey and his potential. Okay, um, New England for Mac Jones, straight up swap. That'd be hilarious, but I think that'd be a terrible trade for the Niners. Tennessee, we mentioned that. Indianapolis is interesting, although they do have the fourth pick in the draft, and they should probably just draft a guy. And have I would want no part of Indy if I was Trey Lance. What what, what dysfunctional organization? I mean, if it weren't for Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck, like that organization has been dragged kicking and screaming to relevance. Let's be honest. That's true. Here. Jim Irsay would. Yeah, the only thing that would give me confidence in Indianapolis is they just got Shane Steichen, who came from Philly, and I feel like maybe he would know what to do with a young quarterback like Trey. I mean, he also worked with Justin Herbert. I don't know. Also, he says Atlanta. That coach is actually pretty good. They know how to use a mobile quarterback. They do. Um, Washington, we mentioned Detroit. Detroit. That's interesting. You put him with Ben Johnson, who seems to be one of the up-and-coming offensive minds. True. They've got some talent around there from the some of the skilled players in Detroit. Now, their defense is god-awful. They think it's going to be better, but it's they're so defense, bad. It's bad. They, they got Mosley. They, they, they actually have a really good secondary. They just have no front seven. But they have a bunch of draft picks. And see what, they're going to have to finish that and see if they can patch it together. But um, I think it's kind of a similar situation, though. Like They, they look themselves as a win-now team. They have Jared Goff, who's like you know Jimmy Garoppolo with – you know, a weaker jawline, but a stronger arm. Uh, so <laughs> I, I don't know if I, he might not get on the field there either. I don't know. Houston. What about Houston? Maybe that. I don't know. Could work. Yeah, we talked about it there with Trey, with the just having the time to stretch your legs and actually ease into this thing with a coaching staff that he knows. Yeah, likes. he knows Bobby Slowick. Yeah. All right, let's. So we we talked about Kyle Shanahan. I, I, I don't think he's as smitten with Brock Purdy. I think he the reason he's talking up Sam Darnold is again, I think he believes he's the reason for any success any quarterback ever has underneath him. And yeah, Brock is great and Brock can execute what he wants, but so can a lot of guys. And you know what? I kind of agree with Kyle. I kind of I, I you know, I, I criticize Kyle a lot, but like I kind of agree with him about Brock. So um that's where Kirk Cousins comes in. Because for whatever reason, Kyle really looks at Kirk Cousins as like the platonic ideal of a quarterback. And that's where I don't agree with Kyle. I don't understand that. But as, as long as Kyle has this wandering eye and Brock may not be the one for him and Sam Darnold is getting a chance to show himself, next year Kirk Cousins will be available. And if either of these two guys 
doesn't get, you know, the ring on his finger, doesn't get the mm. proposal. <laughs> Kyle could go back to his ex or, you know, his star-crossed lover from ages ago. Is that destined to happen? Because I kind of feel like it is. I fully expect it to happen. If <laughs> if Cousins hits free agency, I just I expect it to happen. And I know that scares yeah. a lot of 49ers fans, but let me just just throw this at you. Yeah. If I told you you were gonna get guaranteed 4,300 yards passing and 30 touchdowns from your quarterback next year, and he was gonna start and finish every single game, wouldn't you take that? Cause I guess what? That's what Kirk Cousins gives you every year you might not like him you might think he's not good in the clutch or in prime time or whatever but that he the dude produces in a way that 49ers quarterbacks have not produced in a long time since steve young really we haven't had a consistent quarterback like kirk cousins i mean i don't like kirk cousins but everything you said is correct and the thing about kyle is like let's be honest about him and maybe he has some self-awareness like he can't not only can he not scout the position he can't develop it either. And some people will say it's not his job or whatever. <laughs> okay. But it's the most important position. He can't scout it. He can't develop it. Okay. But he can do a lot of things. And we've seen him and his dad have a lot of success with quarterbacks who don't need development. Like, is Kirk Cousins right now worse than Matt Ryan was when Kyle coached him? I mean, they're kind of similar, you could say. Yeah. They're pretty They're more similar kinda than people similar. want to admit. I mean that neither one moves well. Both are kind of statues. Both of them throw the ball well. I mean, I look. Kyle didn't win with Matt Ryan, but Kyle's never going to win. I, I, he's into this young quarterback on a rookie deal. Yeah, that's great. I mean, if you could find Brock Purdy's every year, that's great. But you need a a developed quarterback. Brock is twenty two and developed. Kirk Cousins is thirty five and developed. <laughs> I, I think it, it it could work, but Kyle would have to keep him upright and. If Kirk Cousins get hurt here, then that just proves that it's Kyle's fault. Because you and I disagree about that. And there's going to be some interesting tests. Jimmy in Vegas, does he stay healthy? That's an interesting test. And then if, yep. you know, Kirk Cousins, if he comes here. Because to your point, I'm looking, he never misses time. Ever. He's tough. Ever. Like, people, he's yeah. a human sweater vest, to be fair, which I have told yeah. him to his face, by the way. But <laughs> what do you say to that? Yeah. He just laughed. That's what I mean. What, what do you think he's going to get mad? He's Kirk Cousins. What's he going to do? We about talked it? to him once on a uh, conference call. They used to do. You talk to the opposing quarterback on a conference call. Yeah, he was delightful. He was so nice. He's perfectly nice. I, I yeah enjoyed talking. Is he with too him. nice? I mean, he does. It's, I don't know. It comes across as kind of rehearsed. You know, kind of Fair inauthentic. Um, yeah, be nice to the media. Win him over. Perfectly nice guy to me. But here's the thing about the Cousins rumors that I think totally just chops the legs out from Lynch and Shanahan and everything they're saying about Trey Lance. If they're really as confident in Trey and his development as they say, why are there any Kirk Cousins rumors at the combine? You think they were talking about trading for Kirk Cousins to be a backup to Trey Lance? Hell no. So that just goes to show that when they were unsure about Brock Purdy's surgery and the outcome, they went to hedge their bets. And it wasn't just defaulting to the guy you took third overall in 2021. It was the opposite of what they said, right? They went out yeah. and looked for a high-profile starting quarterback that they wanted to be the starter to save their win-now season yeah. ahead of Trey Lance. So when they tell me that they're confident in Trey yeah. and all this stuff, don't believe Stop. it because it's clearly a lie. And that's what I don't like. Kyle Shanahan tries to like paint himself as the guy who keeps it real. You know, the guy who who keeps it as real as he can. And then he's over there saying, 
you know, Trey would have had a really good season last year if he had played the whole time. Like, how can you say that with a straight face and then say he's competing with Sam Darnold to be Brock's backup? Like, <laughs> those two things don't equate. What's They don't compute, and it's like, I'm sorry, like, you're a genius, but I'm not a freaking idiot. I went to UCLA. I mean, 49er fans can, can add up 2 plus 2. Don't tell them 2 plus 2 equals 5. I feel like Kyle does that sometimes. He looks at you and says two plus two equals five, and everyone in the room's like, "Hey, well, that's very interesting." Kyle said it. Did you know that it equals five? That's great. To be fair, every coach does that. The that's difference true. is when you call Kyle on it, he makes it seem like you're an idiot that you yeah. don't know what you're talking about. How yeah. dare you bring this up? That's the difference, and that's what yeah, bugs that's me is yeah. not the fact that hey, he's not being truthful. Every NFL head coach lies. Every GM lies. Sometimes there's must lie situations, and I get that. But when I point it out and call you on it, don't act with all this righteous indignation about how, how dare I question you. Just yeah. become a better liar, basically. Also, like the whole point of them talking at the owners' meetings was for them to shed light on this issue. They could have said, look, guys, it's March. Two of the guys are hurt. We're taking it one day at a time. They could have said that and said, we're not really mm -hmm. ready to shed any light because we'd just be guessing. And that would be a freaking fair answer. They didn't do that. Nope. They gave all this context and tried to explain things to their fans so their fans would understand and get on board. And they're just contradicting themselves from one minute to the next and acting like they're not. And that's tough because it's like, well, you know, do you have a plan and you're not sharing it? Or are you just, you know, filibustering right now and killing time until something materializes? It's hard to say. They're both smart enough and they've been around the league long enough to say nothing if they want to say nothing. Correct. They almost they never say a lot. Say nothing. Right. They say yeah. something else. And so then, yeah, yeah I'm going to parse your words. Yeah, I'm going to go through what you say. You're in front of a microphone. You know how to do this so that we can't do that. And you don't ever do it. So don't get mad at me. It's on you. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, Kyle's a genius, but sometimes his command of the English language, like he will say things that blatantly contradict themselves and act like he didn't. <laughs> it's like, how, how do you how are you going to say that Trey would have had a great year last year, but also say that Sam Darnold is cutting into his reps? Like something changed, man. You can't That's tell me the only thing that changed is that Sam Darnold became available. He was always available. No one wants Sam Darnold. Like, come on, because he was hideously bad for yes. fifty six games. Even That's those magical six games at the end of the year. We're not really that great. Okay? They weren't, and I think they it's funny really people weren't. act like you could, you can, you can judge Trey on four stars, but you can't judge Sam Darnold on fifty six. Fifty six is enough. That's a big sample size. It's more than enough. This dude's been fifty six starts with two different teams, two different coaching staffs. It ain't there, okay? And for Kyle to say he's got as good a skill set as there is, I mean that that's absurd. Kyle, you really think Sam's skill set is as good as Josh Allen? Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson? Yeah, and don't, and don't even tell me that Sam Darnold is the next Geno Smith because Geno Smith uh, was with the Jets as well, but he only started 30 games with them. He actually went 8-8 eight and eight as a freaking rookie. Then he was a journeyman backup for a long time, and the Seahawks worked with him over years to get him where he is now. Like, Sam Darnold isn't magically going to come to the Niners and, like, find George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey and become – you know, Brock Purdy plus. It's, I don't think that's going to happen. I think what he's going to do is he's going to hold the ball too long. He's going to turn the ball over if he ever freaking plays and get benched quick. That's what I think is going to happen. Who is the who is the quarterback that was that bad 
90 combined fumbles and interceptions in 56 games bad that went to another team and suddenly was awesome. Like, who yeah. is it? Who? Tell me. It's not Gino. Especially in the last not 20 Gino. years. No, yeah, Gino was know. never that bad. It's not I'd even close. And Gino lost his starting job because he got punched in the face. Like, honestly, I, I, I like Mitch Trubisky better than Sam Darnold. Like, Trubisky has yeah. the shame of being drafted ahead of Patrick Mahomes, which isn't his fault. And he became a punchline, and I think he has no confidence. But Sam Darnold, like, he just sucks. I, I don't know. I just think he... Sorry, Sam, if I meet you and you hold it against me. And I'm wrong. I was wrong about Brock Purdy. But uh, th that's the results are in so far. 56 starts. I don't know why. Broke through. You, like you said, why are you overwilling to look that, yet you're not overwilling to look Trey's four, which were never that bad? That's the weird part Thank about you. the whole thing. Well, simple as that. Are you going to ask? I want you to ask Kyle if the team talked about trading for Kirk Cousins at the Combine. Because I think his answer is fascinating. Because anything other than no, right. my, and the follow-up question has to be, why would you even look into that if you're as confident in Trey as you say you are? That's a great question. Yeah, because Nick Wagner tried to ask the question, but he didn't ask about Kirk Cousins uh, specifically. He was like, Drill you know, down. When, yeah, when there, when there was some uncertainty at the combine, did you think about trading for someone more like bigger? And Kyle like sort of answered without answering. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And Nick didn't follow up. So good question. Good question. Um, the Gold Rush 561 says, Imagine Niners trade Lance to Minnesota for Cousins. Trey with Justin Jefferson and Cook resign for one year would be dangerous. I think Minnesota was open to that. Oh, I mean, their GM, Quesse Adolfo Mensu, said basically, like, we know we're we don't have good enough at the quarterback position. Uh, he basically admitted that. I think it was last year. He said something very him. similar to that. And that's and, how I feel about Kirk Cousins. Whatever, whatever you want to say about him, he's essentially not good enough if your goal is to win the Super Bowl. Essentially. Yeah, so I mean, that's that's my the only pick. shot he has is to be on a loaded team like the Niners. I mean, has he has Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook, and he can't do anything in the playoffs. Like, I don't know. Then it's not yeah. the Niners have that much better weapons than Minnesota. They have more. They have more, and they have they much have better more. defense. Much better defense. That's true. So you don't need your weapons to do as much all the time. I don't know anything about Minnesota's offensive line either. I don't. Couldn't either. tell you. I'm gonna be honest. I don't either. Yeah, DeGrold, free, free Trey. I'm telling you, man, he's it's like the Shawshank Redemption for Trey. But yeah. hey, if 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 what's his name? Say his name again. I uh, Quesi Adolfo Mensa. He was with the Niners a long time. I used to see him standing on the practice field. I think he goes back to the Harbaugh years. So that's another guy who was with the Niners when Trey was drafted. Uh, yeah, I could see Minnesota wanting him. And if they're trying to move off of uh, Kirk Cousins right now, I bet you they're not re-signing him. Which means Kyle, Kirk, the reunion. It's coming. KS plus KC forever, baby. Well, he probably would get that tattooed on him, but he already has the CS Chris tattoo. Sims. Right. How many? You can't have JTO more brought that individual. up too, man. Uh, dude, JT. I didn't know JT before. I didn't have an opinion about whether I liked him or not before that video. I freaking love him now. JT, <laughs> I love you, man. It's great. William, I, well, I saw that video and I was like, man. Did JT try and get a job on the staff? That's what and I thought. He gets That's what like, I thought. I, a That's lot of it was a joke because it was April Fool's, and I get that. But like, not all of it was a joke. There was some totally real agree. criticism in there. I mean, they hired Brian Greasy, who had no experience. So as long as you're hiring former coaches, former quarterbacks with no experience, maybe he put his hat out there. Maybe he didn't get taken seriously. He, I wrote, I have a feeling JTO Sullivan's never going to coach in the NFL. He just was talking like a guy who 
tried and got rebuffed and feels like oh because i don't have the last right name the, the, the right last name i can't get in the league like i played in the league but i don't have i can't coach but this freaking guy can coach and that's that's true man i think jeff garcia kind of came up against that as well he wanted to coach he had a whole academy down in freaking san diego it looked like he was taking the right steps but he just got shut out and i don't understand why there is i mean nepotism is a huge part of the nfl mike florio has talked about this too about how part of it is like coaching is so all-encompassing it takes everything that you have that these coaches can't spend as much time with their kids as they want to because they're always coaching so what's one way to do that when the kids get older bring them on to the coaching staff and then you can spend more time with your kids so i think that's a huge part of it that's funny that assumes that the coaches actually care about that's dark though because the way I look at it is that's an angle with that a lot. Took. Yeah, I, I don't want to go down that. But the, the way I look at it is a lot with a lot of these coaches, like their family is the team, and the the, the actual family is like sometimes it's like collateral damage or it's like narcissism. Like you, you feel like you're supposed to do it, but you're not really into being a dad. Or a fa- when they say like I want to spend more time with your kids, pff, no, your family is your team, and that's always an excuse. But that's dark. I don't need to go down that. We're not talking no, about that. There's a price to greatness, though. You can only be great at one thing, really. If you, if you want to be the best, if you want to be the best at something, you're that's your number one concern, not your your kids. And I think it's irresponsible to bring people in the world if you're more loyal, devoted to yourself and your craft than these. Like, why did you decide to do this? Like, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to bring. You didn't have to have kids. There's no rule. Hey, I'm 35. Oh, biological clock. I had to have the kids. Like, no, you did that because you know it was like you wanted to name them. Grant Jr. or something, you know what I mean? It's a testament to yourself and you're great. Well, I, that's what I look that like. kid no chance right there. Yeah, like you got to <laughs> actually want and that's the thing. Like my dad had a little bit of fame. He was just, he was on billboards around uh town, but he was never like, "Hey, you know, I got to be the best columnist. Fuck you, Grant." Like he was the best dad. And I that's why that's why I love him. Pops, if he's watching, he's not. That's what I was thinking. He's not watching. He doesn't really love me at all. William says, that's what I was thinking, stats. They're nuts. Who's to say BP won't start seeing ghosts and be nervous of getting hit again, re-injuring that arm? Yeah, him and Sam could sit around the campfire telling ghost stories. It'd be great. <laughs> Raymond Martinez Jr. says, if Sam wasn't a first-round pick, would he be in the league? No. Hell no. No. Based on wh- what other reason would he be in the league for? What did Kyle say? Well, I liked him in 2018 coming out. Okay. And it's like, look, he did get into USC, and it's tough to get into USC. You got to be a big deal in high school to get that. But it's like, dude, USC quarterbacks never work out. If he had gone to Arizona State or Cal or UCLA or BYU and had that one good year, he didn't have two good years in college, one good year in college. Then he had a really weak year the second year, and people like wrote it off. If he had done that anywhere else, would people care? I don't see why people care about USC quarterbacks in general. They never work out anyway, but yeah, I'm with you on that. I think that matters a lot. That pedigree goes a long, long way. If Brock Purdy were to struggle at any point this year and the Niners, let's say they moved on to Trey or whatever, you think teams would be lining up to give Brock Purdy a starting job? No. Sam Darnold was awful with the Jets, and the Panthers gave up like four draft picks to get him. The one thing I'll say for him, though, that I think he has going for him as like opposed to Zach Wilson or Mac Jones or Josh Rosen is he clearly isn't a jerk. And it seems Agreed. like he's cool being a backup. You know, he's he has no ego. He wants to um, do and say the right things to get his career back on track, which is something you can't say about Josh Rosen. 
Yeah, I think Sam seems like a good guy, and he definitely knows yeah. how to handle the media. You could tell immediately from his first press conference with the 49ers. But like, hey, yeah. congratulations. You don't get bonus points for not being a jerk. No, I feel because the topic was, why is he still in the league? Like right. he's hanging by a freaking thread. He just got That's a one year deal. Though, you're right. That's part of it. Like, is, is Rosen still in the league or is he finally, is it over? I think, I don't think he's in the league. I think it's over. All right. Last thing. I, JTO Sullivan, we were just talking about it, but I want to give it its own topic. Um, man, it took courage to do what he did because that pretty much to me, that was like the nail in the coffin of any potential coaching career in the NFL for JTO Sullivan. Maybe he already knows. Maybe I'm wrong. But to me, it's like, all right, you want to shut me out because I don't have the last right, the right last name and I don't come from the right family. Um, all right, then I'm going to say how I really feel about these people. And it's like the points he made, I thought were right on. What do you think of what he said? I thought the two points he made that I agreed with the most were one about the nepotism thing with Kyle Shanahan. Like his last name definitely helped him break in as early as he did. Now, I think that Kyle, two things can be true. Kyle benefited from being a Shanahan and also he's a really good coach. So I think like JT said, you got a head start basically on other people because of your last name. And I think that's fair. And, you know, Kyle might dispute that, but you know, Kyle always says, well, I didn't work for my dad right away. But like JT said, when your dad can make a phone call and help get you the job, like, yeah, it still matters a little bit, but I think that that's a good point. And to be fair to JT, he also pointed out the job that Kyle has done hiring minority coaches and and helping minority coaches to advance their careers. Um, So that rang true for me. And then the other part was the fact that JT said that Kyle's straight drop back passing offense is not as sophisticated as his play action game, as the running game, as the other parts of the offense. And that rang true for me because Kyle's entire game plan seems to be centered around avoiding the straight drop back passing game. So it would make sense to me that that part of the playbook is not as robust as the other parts. Yeah. I, I think he was also saying that like having that last name, not only did it give him an opportunity, but it like shields him from the type of criticism that JT O'Sullivan gave him. And I know Kyle Shanahan took a lot of criticism in Washington when he was younger. A lot of people in the East coast felt he hadn't earned that and they made fun of him. But really since tw- 2016, He's been pretty much off limits. You can't touch Kyle Shanahan. He had that great season, the number one offense. I feel like if it's just one good year he had in Atlanta. And since then, like all the the missteps he's had at quarterback, not even scouting Patrick Mahomes, if his name wasn't Kyle Shanahan, if his name was Nathaniel Hackett, you know what I'm saying? And he didn't, didn't come from a family, people would make fun of him. People would ridicule some of the things he they would and maybe they would be too harsh. Maybe the media's wrong, but they would go after him. He he didn't even get to over five hundred until year six. Like I feel like people have given him the benefit of the doubt from like seven years that other coaches that are named Ben Johnson or Arthur Smith or just Mike Jones or whatever they don't get that because like no one's heard of you, so you're only as good as what you did lately for other guys. The Mahomes thing should go on his football tombstone forever because that's just malpractice to literally not scout a guy that could be your franchise quarterback, especially when you seem to be all about having a franchise quarterback on a rookie contract, but that's neither here nor there. But I think the fact that, one, Jimmy got hurt in 2018, and then in 2019 he went to the Super Bowl, that also kind of shields you a little bit. It's like, because you're going to say, you didn't scout Patrick Mahomes. And then he's going to be like, yeah, guess what? I got to the Super Bowl. I get to the NFC Championship game every year. So that helps shield him from that a little bit. 
But I like what you said. It's like all of a sudden he's figured out the the end all be all of a the holy <laughs> grail of roster construction is a quarterback on a rookie deal. Well, then you created you committed the original sin. You got here, and instead of getting a quarterback on his rookie deal, literally any of them, you wanted Kirk Cousins at an expensive rate, fully guaranteed he was going to end up being next year. Right. Well, at least you figured it out eventually. But most coaches don't get to have that realization seven years into their head coaching <laughs> tenure. You know what I mean? You don't get to have that epiphany after failing and missing on Patrick Mahomes. Little known fact, every single coach who passed on Patrick Mahomes has been fired, except for Kyle. That You don't get a second chance unless you're royalty. Well, unless you're getting to the NFC Championship game. It's true. That's it's true. And that's kind of shielded him from the whole Trey Lance, you know, situation it's like most coaches if they trade three firsts for a quarterback and then don't even let the guy play would get shit canned but they get to the nfc championship game anyway so it, it is funny a very is, unique situation 10 years down the line if they don't win the super bowl you'll wonder like would they have won it if they had spent these picks on something that actually on, on a player or three who were on the field nothing against trey lance but like you just essentially didn't use those picks those are valuable commodities could one player have pushed the Niners over the top don't know I guess we'll never know but those are the what ifs that we'll ask if they don't win the Super Bowl I think a lot of people still assume that Kyle's knocking on the door and he's going to get through eventually but um if he doesn't those are the questions he'll have to live with I don't ever assume championships the, sometimes I look at this 49ers team and I think of the Bill Cowher Steelers teams back in the day great teams Everywhere except quarterback. It was always Neil O'Donnell or Cordell you know, Stewart. Cordell Stewart or Mike yeah. Tomzak. Tommy or Maddox. Like, that. like it was never Ben Good. Roethlisberger. And then when yeah. it was, what happened with Bill Cowher? He won yeah. the freaking Super Bowl. Right. So if Kyle Shanahan can only get Ben Roethlisberger, but still I feel like if Kyle Shanahan somehow First of all, he wouldn't scout Ben Roethlisberger. He wouldn't want Ben Roethlisberger. And then when he got Ben Roethlisberger, he'd probably sit him for a year behind Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, I'm sorry, Kyle. Prove me wrong. End this stupid pattern of you and quarterbacks, man. And don't bring in Kirk Cousins next year. That's not how this story needs to end. Please. I, I don't want to see that. I, I want to see Trey. I'm sorry. I know Brock was great. I've still been on Team Trey from the beginning. And I don't know that he's going to be great, but I just want to open the Christmas present. I can't I stare at the box under the tree any longer. I can't. I have to know. Because if he ends up leaving and we never know what we had. That's true. I can't and live he, with that. Especially if he ends up being good somewhere else. So uh, Kirk Cousins next year will be 36. Um, You know. Mike Shanahan won a Super Bowl with 37 and 38 year old John Elway. It's going to happen, man, because Kirk Cousins is is the next John Elway, as we all, as as, as everyone's always said. Oh, see, I'm telling you, man, this is the thing about what, what JTO is saying. This is ridiculous. This kind of stuff that we're talking about, the quarterback options, Sam Darnold, Kirk Cousins. It's silly. And if it were Nathaniel Hackett on year seven, it wouldn't. Even, he'd be fired. I don't care how many NFC Championship games he went to. Kyle gets a little insulation. He gets a little insulation because of his name. And, you know, I, I like that JTO called it out. People will say, Grant, who the hell are you to talk about nepotism? That's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to say. All I'm saying, I'm talking about Kyle. And I, do, I, I don't think my nepotism, though, and, I, you know, it helped. But I don't think it's insulated me from criticism. I think it's, it's doubled it, in my opinion. And maybe Kyle will say the same thing for him. But I, I feel like the last, since he's been with the Niners, 
I feel like you can't really criticize it. And, J- and I think the reason we're all talking about what JTO did is because it's like, wow, the audacity of JT. Like, yeah, that's a courage. Well, that's the other thing, too, that I don't like that people do. Oh, JT O'Sullivan, you sucked as a quarterback. How dare you criticize Kyle Shannon? It's like, no, no, no. We, yeah. that, that's a separate thing altogether. Like, every coach can be criticized. Every coach has strengths and weaknesses. Like, let's say that JT's right and Kyle's drop-back passing game is not as sophisticated as the other parts. Okay. Like, Andy Reid can't manage the clock still. Like, right. every coach has strengths and weaknesses. That That's okay. And it's okay to point them out. I think Kyle probably privately would agree with that assessment. I think his attitude is his defense is so good. His run game is so good. His play action passing game is so good. Why, you, time is so limited in practice and meeting. Why would I waste time in the drop back passing game? I don't, I'm not losing. I'm <laughs> winning most of the time. We don't practice two minute drill. We don't, it's, and it's like, yeah, man, I totally get that. It's true. But, Eventually, in the NFC Championship game, the Super Bowl, when you face the great team, like you got to do it eventually. And that's JT's point. That's Kurt Warner's point. And Kyle's going to say, "Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to change up what I do, and I'm going to devote time every week to something I'm only going to need at the very end of the season." Yeah. If you want to win a Super Bowl, I don't know, but that's sort of where he's at right now. Yeah, it does feel like the 49ers almost need a specific set of circumstances to line up correctly for them to win. Like you were saying, like if the game script always goes their way, they're going to win. Cause that's, it usually does. It usually does. But But when it doesn't, who can save you? Like it was going their way in the Super Bowl against the chiefs, right? Until it wasn't in the fourth quarter. They were up 10 with six minutes left. And then they lost by 11. Like, it happens quick. And these teams that are at, at the very end, like, the last four, two teams can score in a minute. If, they, if they're down four with 56 seconds left, you lost. You lost. And you, you're not that team. And that's what's crazy. Like, the Niners tried to be that team. For whatever reason, they stopped running the ball in the fourth quarter with a lead. And they were like, we got to throw now. It's like, well, that didn't work. And they did that thing in the NFC Championship game against the Rams, too. Um, that didn't work. So... Maybe this year will be the year that they just run over everyone like the 1972 Dolphins. Well, I don't think you can do that anymore. Well, it is a little interesting that the only Super Bowl they got to was when they threw the ball eight times in the NFC Championship game. It's amazing. Like, it never came down to that question of whether or not they can do it because they literally, they beat a team, not to go all rocky on you, but they beat a team like i never seen. No team get beat before. You know, it's funny. We were saying you can't run the ball to win a championship. Like, the Niner, that Niners team arguably could have done it. And Kyle was like, no, we can't. We have to throw. Actually, I don't know. I mean, you, you might have been able to pull it off. But what's interesting is their run game is so different now. Like, Mostert's gone. McCaffrey's a different type of running back. Really good. Not necessarily uh, worse than, or, than Mostert. I mean, really good. But doesn't have that same acceleration to the edge. So I, I wonder if they're changing their scheme now. Or I don't know. Yeah, I think they have. Look, not everybody's as fast as Raheem Mostert. He's the fastest guy in the league. I mean, everyone likes to give it to Tyree Kill, but Mostert had the two fastest times when they actually did the uh, little chip in the shoulder pad. And yeah, Christian McCaffrey's just flat out not that fast, especially after like, what is it, 800 NFL touches. Um, You tend to slow down a little bit. I bet if you put Mostert and Tyree Kill on a track and had them run 100 yards, my money would be on Mostert. I would love to see it. I'd be fascinated to see that. I would love to see that. Uh, Josh Wyatt says, Kyle is a quality coach, not a genius, but three final fours is legit. Who can the Niners add to cover his obvious weaknesses? A risk analysis consultant. 
Man, Kyle's I think not gonna it's listen gen- to that guy. it's got to be ownership, man. The only person Kyle's going to listen to is a strong owner, and that's like you know Eddie. That's that's John Lynch saying John not John York saying we have we want to be we want to win a Super Bowl. You know, I, I feel like the Yorks are real cool being in the mix. Unlike the Rams, the Rams wanted that push to win a Super Bowl. The Niners are like we don't want to be the Rams. We don't want three years of irrelevance. We did that. It sucks. Let's just be in the mix and hopefully it breaks our way one year. So I feel like no one's going to push Kyle. They love Kyle, man. They should love Kyle, though. They should love Kyle. I don't want anybody else in the league coaching the 49ers. Let me just say that. I like Kyle Shanahan, but there are things he can get better at, and his game management is definitely, definitely one of them, and I don't know that he ever will. Boxing fan times four, not times two or three. Says tuning in late, but uh, kid cousins to the Niners, no. No, no, that's how I feel. But get ready for it, and then you're gonna love him. When Niner fans finally embrace Kirk Cousins because he's on their team, is Kirk Cousins gonna ask uh, Steve Young if he can wear number eight? Steve, say no. Don't you dare let Kirk Cousins wear your number. Yeah, and that's another thing, by the way. Where were all these Sam Darnold fans before Sam Darnold became a 49er? Like, get the hell out of here. You all thought he sucked before he was on the team. Now he's got the scarlet and gold, and you're thinking, oh, you know, he was a third overall pick in 2018. That's why I can't take Niner fans seriously, or I never took them seriously the last five years when they would pump up Jimmy. I'm like, you're supposed to do that. Like, you're just being a good fan right now, and I commend that. But as soon as he's off the team and loses one game, you're going to laugh in his face and be like, thank God that era's (laughs) over. Rob Gotti says, I'd rather win with Kyle than struggle with another Tom Sula. I mean, it's true. And it sucks that, like, those are the, that, like, if you were to say, fire Kyle, aim higher, man, it's the Yorks. You really trust him to aim higher? Like, that's not, they, they really did hire Tom Sula. So it's possible. I mean, I don't trust the Yorks to do anything right. And it, 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 it's my, it may be that Kyle and Harbaugh are the two best coaches they'll ever hire and just be happy. I don't know. Eddie, on the other hand, would, he would just blow through these coaches, which is cool. But that was the 80s, and, you know, 80s were a different time. Mr. Bell says the unsophisticated, unsophisticated pass game is due to not having a sophisticated quarterback, but at this point, that's his own fault and by design. I don't, well, I don't buy that now. Maybe I do when Jimmy Garoppolo was there. Because I don't know. I mean, just first of all, the fact that Jimmy was ghosting the team in the offseason. Like, is this a guy that's really grinding? Like, I loved, loved, loved from Brock Purdy last week. Him saying he's already looking at film, going back, grinding on formations, working. He wants to work on his timing with the receivers. Like, I love that he's that invested in that. I don't think that Jimmy was. I think it's pretty obvious by now that Jimmy wasn't. So, Maybe Kyle does have a sophisticated drop back passing game, but it wasn't able to be executed to the level of what it should have been. Maybe. I mean, I these are guys who played in the league and, and you know, are looking at the film and I think they're looking at Kyle's drop back passing game and being like, wow, this is pretty pared down. Or when I was working for Mike Mars, there was a lot more going on, at least in this. I think what Kyle and Mike have always believed in is that the best way to help a quarterback is with the run game and play action. And mm-hmm. just dropping back and throwing doesn't necessarily help your quarterback. Like, that's tough. It, no, no deception, no one-dimensional offense. Like, that's tough. So I think that's their philosophy. That's the best way to help a quarterback. And when their pass game is clicking, it's usually off play action. And there's something to be yeah. said for that. There's something. I mean, Mike did win three Super Bowls. 
But I want to point this out, too, and, and my memory is a little rusty from when Martz was the offensive coordinator. But J.T. O'Sullivan was like the Mike Martz guy. Martz yes. loved him. And Mike yes. Martz had one of the most complicated passing offenses there was. There was yes. a lot of options within every play to where, based on the coverage, the quarterback and the receiver could change it up. Like, if they saw the same thing, the routes would change. It yes. wasn't just, hey, I'm running a slant here no matter what. If I'm open, yeah. throw it to me. So JT is coming at this from a perspective of, I've seen what it can be if you want to make it complicated. And maybe he does look at Kyle's system and say, this ain't that. This is a lot different. So it seems a lot simpler to him. Like, I think with Mike Martz, I mean, you've seen Mike Martz on video recently. Like, he's a little, I think he, I don't know. I don't want to commit libel here, but he just looks a little unstable a little bit in what he's, you know, the way he presents himself. And I feel like maybe some of that happened in his coaching career. Like, he, at one point, he was the man in the NFL, mm-hmm. the the top offensive coach. That 99, he wasn't the head coach of that team, but that 99 Rams team, I mean, dude, that was one of the best offenses ever. And they didn't get to the Super Bowl and freaking lose like Kyle in, in 2016. So there was a moment <laughs> with Mike Martz, and then I, I just feel like probably the stresses of the job got to him, and he probably wasn't cut out for being a head coach. I don't know. I, I, even Because when the Niners got him as an offensive coordinator, he was awful. I don't think Kyle's going to just fall apart like that. I think Kyle's going to be like real steady his whole life. But March was a, had like a four-year time. He yeah. didn't evolve either. He also had the best left tackle ever. Was it Orlando Pace? Yeah, Orlando out. Pace and Marshall Falk, yeah. Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce. And then they got to the Niners and he was like, oh, yeah, don't worry. I'll use Vernon Davis as a tight end. And then he didn't use Vernon Davis at all. He was yeah. terrible. So, yeah, yeah, I think Kyle will evolve. Mike Martz never did. See, that's funny. I don't think I, I don't know that Kyle's gonna evolve. We'll see about that. Kyle has staying power. Um, but I think Kyle's been doing it the same way for a long time. Sean McVay evolved. Sean McVay figured out, man, you know what? I'm not gonna win with this run first play action pass Jared Goff offense. Like, I need Matthew Stafford. We're gonna go bombs away. Then he won. Is Kyle gonna figure that out and make that adjustment? I think he needs to. Well, I think what McVay figured out is I need a guy to save me when what I come up with doesn't work out. Can this guy still make a throw? And what happened when on the Rams Super Bowl run, when the world was crashing down around them and Tom Brady is engineering one of these friggin' Tom Brady playoff comebacks, Stafford gets the ball, drops back late in the game and throws a friggin' rope to Cooper Cup, you know, 45 yards down the middle of the field, catches it, puts the Rams in field goal range. They kick a field goal, get the hell out of there. That's the difference. Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. overthrows Emmanuel Sanders in the Super Bowl. McVay went out and got a guy in Stafford that That's when true. the chips were down and it was nut cutting time, he delivered. But you remember, like they went to the Super Bowl and lost. And back when they went to the Super Bowl that time, their whole scheme was about the, the jet sweep. Remember that? And mm-hmm. the 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 Patriots came out with that specialty front that no one had seen, the six by one. And it just totally messed up the Rams, and they scored three points and couldn't do anything. Like two years later, two years later, two, two, three years later, they're back in the Super Bowl. But that's not their offense at all anymore. It's like the 6 1 front wouldn't do anything against Matthew Stat. Now all of a sudden, you got to deal with Cooper Cup and uh, Odo Beckham Jr. and Matthew Stafford. It's like a whole different, it's a whole different thing. I mean, as a, a defensive coordinator, two years ago, you're thinking, I got to stop this run game or else I can't beat the Rams. Now it's like the run game doesn't even freaking exist. I got to stop their pass game. And I, I think I think the Niners were kind of transitioning to that with Brock Purdy. They would come out and throw. They tried to do it against the Eagles, but yeah. I mean, you're going to need to upgrade that offensive line if you want to do it.
And that's the other part of this, too, is because yeah. the Eagles were whooping them up front. And the Cowboys kind of whooped the 49ers up front, especially in the first half of that Cowboys game the week before. They were getting after Brock Purdy in that one. And so that's yeah. going to be another issue, too. If you look back at that game, like Brock Purdy played well, but he didn't do a whole lot. They scored 19 points. Mm -hmm. I mean, the best plays he made in that game were like avoiding pressure, yep. you know, the throw to Kittle. But like there was very little that he actually did in that game. He was like running for his life. Pretty much. But his his quote unquote bad playoff game was no turnovers, whereas Jimmy Garoppolo's bad playoff game was multiple turnovers. And that's that was the difference. Yeah, and also, if you look at who was playing on the other side of the field, Dak Prescott, like, dude, it's the playoffs. Can you please stop turning the ball over? Like, look at Brock Purdy, man. He's been playing for two months, and he's <laughs> over here protecting the football while you're over there being like, oh, man. I mean, I know people like Dak Prescott, and people say, you know, don't be hard on him, but what the fuck was that, Dak? I still can't get over that shit. I don't understand. Was he, he's hurt? I guess he was hurt. He got to his, his time, head, man. The whole season about yeah. the Cowboys was getting back to the playoffs. And then right. the week before, he said, I want the Niners. Bring on the Niners. And then he got the Niners, and he was like, oh, damn, this team is really good. And he threw that first pick to Diamondor Lenore early on. And then he was like, oh, no, it's all it's all happening again. I think I suck again. Snow. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think he got in the quicksand, and it got him. I, I was... Uh... I left the press box early because I wanted to get like a, a video in the walkway um, and I want to have it up right as the final uh, buzzer hit because we knew the game was over. So I had it and I was editing it and then the players were walking out, players who were in the press box, the injured ones. So sorry, Emmanuel Mosley, he's walking out off the record and he says to someone he's walking with, hey, Dak going to Dak. And I was like, <laughs> so that's what the Niners think of Dak Prescott. Yeah, pretty much. Mm -hmm. It's like when the Chargers were laughing at Jimmy Garoppolo in the joint practices and they said they pay him too much in San Francisco. Exactly. really happened. And they were right. They were right. Because <laughs> I think the Chargers are kind of, that's kind of a stingy organization, right? Don't they have the, I mean, they paid some guys. Yeah. But York just pays anyone over here because it's a family. Yeah, right. Rob, thank Trey you very Lance. much. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't get the he didn't get the invite to the uh, to the barbecue. Rob, what do you got going on the rest of the day? Oh man, just trying to you know got to edit this show. We just got uh, Jason and Steph, Jason Aponte and Steph Sanchez did their show, so that's up on our YouTube page, the Gold Standard nice. YouTube page. Go check that out, like and subscribe, everybody, and uh, we'll just keep it going. You know, this uh, this off season is going to be very interesting as we move along. This team always is. Yeah, you know, they don't have a first-round pick or a second-round pick, but they have drama at the quarterback position, which I'll take. It's never boring. It's ever, never. ever, ever. And it's watch that, what happens in April. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, according to Larry Kruger, they're going to trade Trey Lance, so stay tuned. We'll see. God, I hope not. Please. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Uh, I'll be back today at 3 o'clock with Jack Hammer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take him to task.